Hey, all you sexy motherfuckers out there. I know you were waiting patiently for part two. So here it is. Horny for Horror, live from the app Moan. And if you want to check out Moan, just download it onto your iPhone. Yes, it's only for iPhone users just for the time being. But that's M-O-N-O with the line on top. Now, without further ado, Horny for Horror, part two. Warning, the following program is not for the weak-hearted. Those who are closed-minded... In general, you're scared to learn what's behind closed doors. Here at Sapphire's Airplay, I want you to pour the wine, grab somebody that you want to hold on to, or better yet, get the vibration stimulated through your body. Get ready for one hell of an orgasm in five, four, three, two, one. I want you to get back. I know, I know you. I know how prepared you are. I know how you've probably got a stack of fucking notes. And I know that I am in part responsible for derailing. No, it's your okay. Show. It's okay. So I want you to get back into the actual show notes that you have prepared because I am here to be educated by you about some fucking horror. Lay it on me, bitch. I want. <laughs> I want the sexiest. I want. I, I, I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna put you on the spot. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Twi- I'm gonna. You are my expert. So okay. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I want you off the top of your head to name me your top three movies that are both horror movies and get your pussy the wettest. Okay, so I'm gonna I start off. Let's three. start off with one of my favorites, American Fucking Psycho. Okay. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale yeah. having the most craziest three-way I have seen in a while in horror films. If y'all have never seen American uh, Psycho, it is great. The book is even more fucked up, by the way, by um, I think his name is Brett Easton. Yes. Great yes. fucking book. But Patrick fucking Bateman. Patrick fucking Bateman. I will never listen to the song Susudio by Phil Collins the same way again without thinking of Christian Bale. I knew Dorian was about to pop up. Christian Bale popping up and having these- Hey, (laughs) Paul! Sorry, that's all I had. All right, bye. He's quoting the movie right there. But seriously, uh, American Psycho was probably one of the first movies where I was like, one, really turned on by a threesome and then mm. getting freaked the fuck out that in this threesome, all of a sudden, you see Christian Bale filming, fucking these women. He's riding them. They're riding him. Mm-hmm. They're going down. The two women are going down on each other. And then all of a sudden, Christian Bale goes down on one of the women and her moans go from shrieks mm-hmm. of pleasure to oh my fucking god what are mm-hmm. you doing to my vagina and then you see underneath the sheets just a bunch of blood start blood. to form blood is just for me he we don't know to this day i don't know what part of the body he bit her but he bit her so hard that she busted an artery and mm-hmm. of course he kills them now the backstory of American Psycho, this is taken back into the 80s. Um, you know, the yuppie, Wall Street, fucked up guys, uh-huh. lots of fucking cocaine and all that. This was Wolf on Wall Street, but the sexual version of Wolf on Wall Street. This is the sh- What were you going to say, Mr. Skay? I was going to say it's Wolf on Wall Street, but it is, it is taken 
It's the idea of Wolf on Wall Street, but you remove all of the humanity. Absolutely. And you're led to believe it's almost like it takes me back to even when we watch Fight um, Fight Club. Is yes. Patrick Bateman? Well, it's the same. It's the same author, isn't it? Same isn't author. It the same writer. I believe so. Um, yeah. But you don't know is Patrick Bateman, you know, bipolar, or is he really that good at committing murders and looking that damn fine while doing it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and it was such. I love the idea that you have a psychopath who has absolutely no um, care for humanity. Absolutely not. Or that, but everything he cares about is fully materialistic. Absolutely. You know, his exercise regime, his facial regime. I mean, the first fucking watermark, he was ready to kill somebody based on the fact that their business card was better than his. The fact that he went to an ATM machine and just killed somebody off the spot. Who does that? The ATM machine then told him to feed it a cat. Yes. (laughs) Who like it's fucking psycho. Now let me let me just say this right now. Listen, I have to say I had for a while as as a a single black female living in in my nice loft. The first time I brought the sir, this handsome sir over, I was like, is he going to Patrick Bateman my ass? Because he dresses well. He dresses in a suit. He looks good. He's got good skincare. He has an axe. He ha- <laughs> He does have an axe. Let me just tell you, one of the first sexual encounters that we had, this motherfucker was driving around in an, with an axe in his car. Self-defense. I don't give a fuck. That's some white people shit. That was crazy. This is some white people shit. Anyone else would get shot for it. Listen, I thought Patrick Bateman was this man. <laughs> I was like, all I need, the, the only thing that was left to convince me was that he needed a rain slicker. That's it. Patrick Bateman does not have a beard. He doesn't have a beard, but he had a he had a rain slicker and axe. You were just one two steps away from being Patrick Bateman. You know so what? COVID made it normalized uh, to have um, plastic wrap, bleach, and masks and gloves in your car. That's <laughs> totally normal now because of the pla- because of the pandemic. pandemic. It's also normalized sudden death, but demonized sneezes and sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that myocarditis is common now. <laughs> so. So you guys, you oh. guys were talking about American Psycho and the author. So Brett Easton Ellis is the author of American Psycho. So Fight Club that you were talking about, that was Chuck Palahniuk. Thank you. I was like, I know it's, I knew it was another. Uh, thank you for that correction, Anders. Thank you, thank you. I yeah. think that was Anders. That's just, Dorian. Thank you. Dorian, yeah. Oh, Dorian, Chuck, thank you. Since we're talking about sex, Chuck wrote another book called Choke. That was really amazing. Choke about was actually sex. one of my favorites for a while. Yeah. Mm, I'm also, also, I actually went as Patrick Bateman one year for Halloween, and we, I went all the way. Me and my buddy, we both went as him, and it was a scene from you know where he has the, the the not the raincoat on or whatever, you know, the things over and the suit and the axe, and we put the fake blood. But we actually went and had actual business cards made. Oh, that's perfect. And we handed them out to people. Dorian, if you have a picture of that, please DM me. Slide my DM with that one. I got to see it. I do somewhere. It was on my MySpace, so I don't know if (laughs) that's how long. Man, RIP. RIP to the MySpace. (laughs) Listen, give me all the archives from LiveJournal, Zanga. Please. We all would have been better off if we just stayed friends with Tom, right? Did anyone befriend Tom on Facebook? 
I did. <laughs> I did. You know, I miss that guy. He was cool people. Tom was good. You know, Tom Tom knew what was up. He knew not to invade our privacy. Tom knew to let us be our own uh, people. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck you. I like Tom. But Mark needs to uh, take several seats down because, listen, I'm on the fuck Instagram tip too. With that said, my next... One of my next favorite moments in horror that got me going. Hostel Part 2. All right. Oh, really? Hostel Part 2. And I'll tell you which scene. It's towards the end of the movie. In fact, this movie almost um, has been banned in Germany. Um, Yeah. This scene in general has been cut in Germany. And it's with uh, Lorna, who is Heather uh, Matazzaro, who is from Welcome to the Dollhouse, Princess Diaries. Um, she is hung upside down while the kill- her killer is laying naked in one of those old school, beautiful tubs. And she takes a, is it a scythe? Scythe. Scythe. Takes the scythe, stabs Lorna by just simply cutting her throat and then bathing and masturbating in her fucking blood as this girl is dying upside down slowly. And that moment I was like, holy fucking shit. If I could do this in a consensual way and not scare anybody, done, done, done and done. I thought that entire sequence was fucking hot. I was not scared because even the girl that was behind the killing, I was like, you are fine as hell. You you can take that knife. You can fucking scythe me to death and I will be fine. If I can go out that way, knowing that I gave another person pleasure and bathing in my blood, bathe in my blood. Please bathe so- in my blood. Do you want to be the person masturbating or the person being cut? That's a good question because I've definitely masturbated and thought in both um, sequences. Being the but victim. I mean, if you could live the fantasy out, which position would, would you want to be? I would have to do both because just like in my uh-huh. private life, I'm a switch. And the fact that okay. it was, it's that female action, I'm a switch with ladies. I'm a switch with ladies. Okay. And I, I would have so- to do both. Here's my imagination running overtime trying to figure out how you bring this into reality. And my thought is you get a rigger who's good at rope suspension. You do a rope suspension scene. You get someone who's good at FX and you rig up a a, um, a squib packet and a blood uh, gag along the neck. So right? here's some things about so me. Then, so I that got both. When they do the suspension and they they drip the blood, the fake blood from the neck, you know, from that from that bit onto you, and you are in a place underneath the suspension rack. So so let me tell you. Um, yeah. Right before COVID hit and shut down everything, uh, the sir and I had a date night in which I was rigged for all to see. All that was missing was the fake blood at this point. Yeah. All and that you was can missing. Rig that up actually fairly easily. You just need some like you need some basic tubing, you need a Ziploc bag, you need a basic thing of blood mix, 
and you know some good. I've seen your makeup, baby. You oh, do I some like I late, definitely latex got it. and stuff where you could do it where there was like a small nick and then bam. The the like, wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. I do have a couple friends of mine who um actually both of us have some good friends of ours that do um special effects and great horror makeup even better than me have worked on the new versions of it and my i had an uncle that worked on starship troopers back in the day so i definitely oh had God. to put this into motion definitely had to put into motion but yeah See, it could it could work you combine a little suspension rope play with some fx magic and some and I'm like a, just fucking go to town i'm a sucker like, for you rope. can do this i'm a sucker for rope play i'm actually like been we've been trying to schedule a nice rope date fairly you soon did. yeah r.i.p craigslist but like seriously <laughs> wait what 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 well craigslist like you used to be able to like advertise whatever you wanted on oh craigslist. yes no so i don't even could have to... advertise a scene that you wanted on oh, craigslist i got rope. Your... yeah we no don't, we don't we don't need craig yeah in his we, list. no no craig and his list is non-existent this man does my roping he's the only <laughs> no. man that is allowed to rope me <laughs> no, no 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 i'm thinking i'm thinking more of actually having somebody willing to have blood dripped on them and masturbate for you oh okay okay that's oh, where yeah, i was like wait a second you Still gonna need that third party, either the person willing to be suspended and pretend to have their blood drained. I was thinking of that. Or Craigslist someone dad. that you're going to Are you drain. willing to die? <laughs> Do you have right. you always wanted to be part of someone's fantasy? You may not make I've it alive. Enough, you would get enough hits for that. Uh, oh wait, that's the bad part. King Dom, I need you to um, because I, I, I you have such a sexy voice. If you can adjust your mic, because I want people to hear this afterwards. Uh oh, we got two doms in the chat room. What can happen? <laughs> it's gonna be power of the doms over here, not dongs, doms. Power of the doms. Mistress K knows what'll happen. <laughs> You got your, or you got Dom, and then you got me. Mm. Mistress K, are you, um, so, so you're a Domina? A Domina? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my I, God. I like to, um, I prefer Domina, Dom, or, um, and my honorific. It's weird. No I one truth. prefers Dominoes. <laughs> Grab your ankles and prepare to be hit. Um. Oh, you can't do that to him. That would be me getting the spanks. I am now. I am now outnumbered. I need another. Can we get another um, sub in the chat, please? Can we get another sub up in here, please? Goddamn, I can't there be outnumbered no. with three doms and and me just in the middle. Though well, that, Megan, that I'm, I'm a I'm a primal. First off, so I can submit, but I have to be forced into submission through struggle. Ooh. And Ooh. there and there's only the way that I define because I'm easily physically dominated, but I am rarely, rarely mentally dominated. I love that. So and for me, <laughs> domination occurs on a physical, chemical, and mental level. And I am rarely dominated on the mental level. I'm rarely dominated on the chemical, on just sexual chemistry alone. I'm very easily dominated physically. And I actually really enjoy that. I enjoy rough play and being physically pushed down and manhandled and that sort of thing. But 
I've had guys like pin me and then be like, yeah, you like that baby? And I'm just kind of looking at them like, is that all you got? Mm. <laughs> that part. Okay. And, I, they, and then they can't handle it because then they're like, what, a, what the fuck do I do with that? So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have to bring this man in. King Dom, thank you so much for, for just joining us in the space. I was waiting for well, you. You know, I got you. you, you I was I giving was everybody the opportunity to talk. I was giving everybody an opportunity to talk. I was just listening, enjoying the conversation. I'm glad That's you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Like I said, we're getting horny. I hope you guys are getting horny. Hor- horny off of this horror. You guys got me tongue-tied and I'm not drinking enough wine out of my skull glass. Okay? Ooh, delicious. I got a skull glass in my mouth. I have a x-ray bat candle lit that changes colors. I got another skull light. Mm. Oh yeah, we, we set a mood up in here. So King Dom, what turned you on about horror? Uh, hmm... To put it simply, I'm a primal dom as well. I'm a predator, so I relate to the person hunting you. Mm. I, I just, I, I love it. The, the way you set up the traps, the way you manipulate people into falling into the, the what is it, the, the knowns about whatever horror it is, like... I fuck with Freddie. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. I fuck with Freddie. Okay. Hard. I'm glad that's that you. Guy. I'm glad that you brought up Nightmare on Elm Street because that's actually one of my third fantasies. Believe it or oh, not. Oh, Freddie's knife glove. There Can is, I have that? Yes. There's something. There's something sexy yet scary that this man can come in my dreams. He can fuck up a good sex dream, and I'll allow oh, no, him I'm to in do your that. Head. I'm right. In your head. He's in your Keep head. He's in my head. He's in my bed. And there again, there's something sexy about Freddy Krueger. Minus He's a the birthday. Yeah. I mean, look That's at really it. That's really what it is. The first movie in, in general, when he torments Nancy through the phone and he's licking her face with that mm-hmm. tongue, I would have been like, Nancy, girl, what the fuck are you doing? Girl, you better put that to your pussy. Mm-hmm. We all were like, put that tongue yes. to your pussy. What the fuck yes. are you doing, Nancy? Actually, 100%. the sir, the sir behind delicious me. Pray, delicious. Oh, so, so here's the thing with Freddie. I will tell you the appeal with Freddie for me, because I've got it. I, I, I figured it out for me. And this is how I learned that for me, looks. I, I enjoy looking at stuff when I masturbate, but as far as like a connection with somebody, looks are really not high up on the list. Mm. It is, can they tease my brain? Mm-hmm. Freddie can. Mm-hmm. It is, can they make me unsettled? Mm. <laughs> Freddie does. And do they have an unsettling voice that's like the that's like the way low down on the totem pole but look can we just talk a little bit about how freddie's raspy dark deep voice is i'm not sure exactly what you guys want but uh, i can uh, appreciate a nasty little freak Welcome to primetime, bitch. And there you go. It's one of my and favorite, just like that. favorite fucking lines. 
I love knife play. I have loved knife play ever since. I wrote an article about it on my blog. I've loved knife play ever since. I saw Tank Girl, not a horror film, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) she's cutting articles of clothing off of her with a pair of scissors. And ever since then, I've loved the idea of sharp things against my skin. You brought... Ever since then. And... There is something about that glove where I just want him to like, I want a full on fucking knife play scene with that goddamn glove. I can make that happen. I know I slipped you in my DMs, one of my Freddy outfits. I have cosplay for Halloween Freddy twice. Um, In fact, I was inspired the first time when I did it in college. It was because of Horror Nights, a couple, um, the year that I did, I want to say it was around like, it was the same year, in fact, it was the same year that the very first episode of The Walking Dead, when it was still good. I'm still a lifer (laughs) with The Walking Dead. I'm still trying to suffer through it, but I will never- How far are they? They are on season 11. It is really? finally fucking ending, but now they're coming out with a spinoff with Carol and Daryl because they're literally. Oh God! Yes, yes, they are coming out with a um a spinoff. I don't know if I can last that long, but I will never forget um 2010 Halloween night. The very first episode of The Walking Dead came on, and I was Freddy Krueger or I was Mrs. Krueger. Mm-hmm. Um, because that um, the day that it happened, I was going to a Halloween party in San Francisco, and Talib Kweli was DJing. Oh, Talib wow. Kweli loved my fucking makeup. He made me his go-go dancer for his entire set of the party, and I was eating that shit up with the glove, and I was seducing folks. This is when somebody had came up to me, and like I said, it was just like, "There's something about this blood. I don't." Want it on me but I just want to touch you I want to make we ended up fucking that night not Talib Kweli by the way <laughs> one of the guests of the party if I fuck Talib Kweli listen I probably had to sign an NDA quality quality <laughs> and if y'all don't know who Talib Kweli is I'm gonna need y'all to up your ante on hip hop you hey cannot man, say look, Google is available on your phone at any point in time any point right in time now, so but you cannot say no that excuse. you're a hip hop head and not know who the fuck Talib Kweli is that's a whole different discussion. No, but um, I was inspired to be Freddy Krueger because there was Freddy's Girls at Universal Horror Nights that same year. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to be Freddy's Girl, but I'm going to put my own seductive twist on it. And... Yeah, like Mistress K said, it's something about the it's something about the knives. It's something that Robert England really tapped into, and I know he has said in the past, like there have been some like Freddy groupies. He was getting propositioned by women in the I'm height sure he of Freddy. Was. He was getting propositioned. I'm sure he the fuck was. He was, <laughs> and I I have to say I love I I'm blanking on his fucking name. It's Earl something oh god jackie earl no jackie earl haley no i love the way that he revamped the Freddy, the the freddy character really because if you had well here's my thing here's my reasoning why because if he had tried to do what robert england had done he would have fucked it up 
He didn't do that. that. He did his own thing, and his own thing was it menacing. Was time it was harsh. When first came out. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, we had when Freddie, Freddie first came out. It was sexy. It was kind of campy. It was, was kind of tongue in cheek. It was comical. Yeah. And and Robert England, he skated that line between funny and terrifying. Absolutely. In a beautifully sexy way. And we are too savvy for that now. Our audiences, we know, I mean, we are a post-scream audience. Not only have we dissected all of the 80s horror movies, but we've now dissected all the movies that dissected all the 80s horror movies. And let me just say, as somebody who is a horror enthusiast, in fact, this is what I loved about my college. I got to take a a couple horror classes, uh, college courses in different aspects of horror. And um, one of the films I was going to bring up earlier, there's a film called Shivers. It's a Canadian horror film. Um, if you guys have never heard of it, it's okay because it's fucking weird. But Shivers is a movie done by very, very weird David Cronenberg. He is known for his really weird, mentally fucked up horror films. Mm. Okay. David Cronenberg is the the director of Scanners. I mean, um, Videodrome, sorry, with uh, Deborah Harry. Um, The Fly with Jeff uh, Goldblum. Also Scanners. Yes. Yes. Scanners. Oh, David Cronenberg is like, I mean, he he is Cronenberg. He is Cronenberg. He takes, he's like, he's the Canadian Hitchcock, okay? Okay. So Shivers was back in 1975 and the entire movie is literally horror sex. It is erotic horror. So, I would, dare I say that's probably one of the first erotic horrors other than Psycho, because Psycho is an erotic horror movie. Cronen, uh, would you agree that Cronenberg is the perfect blend of Hitchcock and John Carpenter? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But you know what? I will say that Cronenberg also, he is the director that... You're not either. With you some like David his, Lynch thrown in? I don't really like David Lynch to be honest. I have yeah, this. But I, David Lynch to me is kind of artsy fartsiness. He take, but Lynch. he takes it to a he takes it to a level where it's just like, all right, you lost me, bro. You're in your own <laughs> fucking mind. Because let me listen. I tried to do the whole Twin Peaks. I did the marathon. I tried to do the revival, and I was like, oh, this motherfucker has lost me. I tried to watch it sober. I tried to watch it high. I was like, there's not a amount of weed. There's no strain of weed right now that can get me in the mind of David Lynch. David Lynch will do whatever the fuck David Lynch wants to do. I'm a David Lynch fan just because of Dune. Because I'm a sci-fi David Lynch fan. Oh, God. I'm going to come at you for that. Oh, God. But something about Cronenberg with the movie Shivers, I I highly suggest everybody put that on your fucking list. If you want to talk about a movie that is solely where the, the culprit of horror is associated with sex. This entire movie is about sex. It is about um, an, uh, an apartment complex that is taken over by sex-crazed zombies. I shit you not. Okay. <laughs> sex-crazed zombies. There is a parasite. Sounds like every man on the internet. Yes. Okay. You feel me, King? This is what it is. <laughs> like, the movie starts with sex and it ends with sex. In fact, there's a big pool orgy in the middle of the movie. 
just by but the. You know why that is, right? So what? I was going to say, you know why that is, right? And basically, the the whole thing about what this show is about. Why do we get so aroused when it comes to horror? Yeah. It's because of, it, it really is the primal basic instinct of procreation mm-hmm. for our ancestors. And th- this is just like human being ancestors, right? The only time when we were procreating was actually the most vulnerable spot for us. Absolutely. So another predator or another primal predator or apex predator could easily overtake us. So... It's the exact same thing as if you just look over an edge. You can't help but feel like that innate fear of like, oh, I might fall. Mm -hmm. Some people are able to like get past that. But for a lot of people, that's a death defying fear, just like snakes. And that's why a lot of times in a lot of horror films, snakes are incorporated into the Mm. imagery. Because, again, it's going back on the primal nature of being a human being. You can't deny certain sounds, certain suspenseful sounds that get you in a mood where it's like, oh, everything's fine here. And then, boom, you get scared. That's That's exactly what they're playing on. So that's what I was going to say. It's the reason why we get aroused with horror and why horror arouses us is because chemically we're supposed to when we're horny we're at our most vulnerable which means we're at our most scared so even when you were explaining about masturbating on your uh on your roommate's couch when she caught you you were startled right oh i was startled and then i just laughed because it was just like hey sorry didn't know you were coming home but Y'all know what horror does to me, you know. Your focus at that time is on the sexual aspect. You're not focusing on anything else. So Absolutely. You're, you're innately more easily going to get scared. So. And yet, the wildest thing about horror films, as they evolved since the time of Psycho, one of the very first slasher films, there's been ongoing debate of what exactly was the first slasher film. But mainstream-wise, bringing into light and the most controversial at the time was the 1960 version of Psycho. I do not, do not add in my canon the Anne Heche and um, Vince oh. Vaughn remake. Oh. oh, fuck that. No, 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 no. You got to no. put respect on my boy Hitchcock. And Hitchcock's films all had a sense of eroticism, okay? But also it has tapped into a lot of fear. But the reason why even, you know, fast forwarding from 1960 to 1980 with the evolution of um, the very first Friday the 13th, the whole Mm. purpose of a slasher film and why it associated with teens getting immediately killed after having sex, because they were trying to prevent folks from having premarital sex. Right. People will try to argue and say the fact that horror films were made, the slasher genre was made of the 80s because they were trying to have the hidden message of preventing folks from having premarital sex. That's been the ongoing debate. But the facts are there. The facts are fucking there. There's actually a Friday the 13th. um, It's a very long documentary, but they clearly talk about that. That was their whole reason why, because they were trying to prevent premarital sex amongst teens happening. So I think it's really interesting that you bring that up because I think that I think that they can 
I think that people can kind of talk about the idea that they're trying to prevent that. And yes, that sounds really good when you're talking to the censors and to the um, Moms of America stuff that like, oh, we're going to prevent teens from having. But the truth of the matter is, is they know sex sells. 1,000%. But in order to get it past the censors, you have to punish sex and that's where our puritan notions come in is you cannot have sex for sex sake on there you cannot have a woman who is sexually autonomous who takes what she wants and then survives at the end no 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 you have to have the virgin you have to have the good girl you have to have the good girl being the last girl all of the ones who give it up fuck them they die in fact but the, mm-hmm. in fact as you said that here's the biggest controversy that surrounded I'm going to bring up another film that people may or may not even remember. At the same time that Psycho came out in 1960, there was another sleeper hit called Peeping Tom. Okay. Uh Peeping Tom is another erotic horror film, literally about voyeurism. But when Psycho came out, that film was controversial within itself because this, here we have Janet Lee, who is (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Top yeah. billing, getting killed within the first 25 minutes of the movie. Not yep. to mention, the most controversial scene was not the shower sequence, where you do see nope. a knife being penetrated of skin. It was, in fact, in the beginning of the movie where it's alluded that she is having an illicit re- affair and the changing of the bra. Her bra changes, for my shit you not, black as soon as she had sex to pure white when she embezzled the money that got her caught up to go to the Bates Motel. And that, my friends, was the most controversial part of the movie. It wasn't the fact that you killed Janet Lee. It wasn't the fact that you have an aerial shot and seeing half an ass cheek or the fact that the knife is penetrating the skin. It was the fact that you had somebody changing a colored bra. And it wasn't even the fact that, like, the guy was dressing up as his mother and had his mother in the fucking attic. No. That that wasn't the, that was not the main part. It was the bra. It was the bra. And then now fast forward to Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom is actually the inspiration, some people may know or may not know, was the inspiration for John Carpenter's Halloween. Not just the babysitting Mm -hmm. murders that were happening at the time and the whole you know, uh, urban legend surrounding it, but he was inspired by Peeping Tom because of the way that it was shot, the whole POV of seeing, you know, the knife going into someone's skin. The fact that you are seeing through the eyes of the killer, that's what Peeping Tom, the 1960s film, was all about. And again, it's erotic as fuck. It's beautiful. And I highly suggest people put it in their spank bank. So there's a scene, I believe it's in Halloween... Now I'm going to say this and I'm going to have doubts about this. I think I know what you're talking about. I think it's in Halloween. There is a scene that it is amazing because it is a throwaway. No one ever mentions it. It is not noticed. If you're not eagle eye watching, you don't see it. And it's when they're sitting in the like hospital, in the emergency room, and the kid. There is a kid with an apple in his mouth, and you see razor blades sticking out of the apple. 
That's and that I believe in Halloween. Yeah, that's in Halloween too. That's in Halloween. Okay, and that is the only magician. I'm like huge urban legend, and they pay tribute to it. But the, all they do is they just show it in the background of another shot. Has nothing to do with the scene that's going on, other than the fact that they're just sitting in the waiting room in that. And it has nothing to do with the fact of like horror for or horny for horror and the whole thing. But it's just something <laughs> that popped into my head. And no, that's it's how my fine. brain work. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. We're going through tangents, but. There's so many things that we could take from horror films where they have been made for prevention and to give a hidden message. Did y'all know that Friday the 13th was inspired by actual sleepwalking murders? Mm. That was the whole premise of the inspiration behind Nightmare on Elm Street. It was because... Have you watched the movies that made us? Yes. Oh my God, you need to watch all the horror ones. If you haven't oh, watched no, no. it, anybody who's in the yes. chat, go to Netflix and watch the movies that made us. They did a whole month long season of nothing but horror movies. They have Nightmare on Elm Street. They have Friday the 13th. They have Aliens. They have Halloween. all the fucking good ones. And they're amazing. There's to another- tell you how these got made. It's so amazing. There's another horror documentary because I, I, any documentary documentary that is made on horror I I fucking watch religiously um oh my god it's I believe it's still on shutter what Uh, I I thought you were talking about the one on Hulu uh which one uh it's basically the one that explains like the black experience oh that's called horror noir that was actually originally on shutter and it's still on shutter right now so if you have a shutter subscription or you have amc plus horror noir great fucking film (laughs) actually since it is black history month i need to i got a list that i need all you folks to take note of some of the black horror films are the must-see. Are they erotic? Not really, but they're fundamental. Um, One of them is kind of semi-erotic, but then it gets a little fucked up. One of my favorites of all time, some people question, is it really horror? Is it really suspenseful? I say it's a little bit of both. It's Eve's Bayou. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Lynn Whitmore. You guys, oh my God. I mean, it's an all-star cast. And yeah, big move. and then she ended up being in Lovecraft. Yes, Jernay yeah. Smith. And she was amazing in that. Jernay Smith. So everybody needs to put Eve's Bayou. It's a coming of age tale in the 1960s. Um, I believe and it's Jernay in, Smith is amazing She's in a great it. actress. So good. She's a great actress in general. I mean, she's had her run in the 90s. And now for her to come back is just beautiful. But it's a coming of age um, film about a black family and the trauma that is deep rooted in the South. Megan Good is in it. And if y'all don't know who Megan Good is, check out the show Harlem on uh, Amazon. Or if you're yeah, a 90s baby, Cousin Skeeter. Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> uh, beautiful from uh, from You Got Served. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, let, let's put that, let's put some respect on her. Right. Okay. Another film, of course, I have mentioned this before we open up the show, um, Night of the Living Dead. That is a black horror film. I don't give a fuck mm. what people say. That is a black horror film because of the character okay um Candyman Candyman let me just say this let me just say this Candyman you talk about erotic let me just say talk about 
1992 film is a lot more erotic than the 2021 um, remake. A lot. Yeah, I didn't watch the new one. The new one is great. The new one is great, but I will say this. There's a difference between the one that was made in 92, and we don't even need to add the sequels because the sequels are quite bullshit, even though it goes more deeper into Candyman's origins. Now, they flipped the script. It went from being a very erotic story Mm -hmm. of Cabrini Green and the mythology of Candyman and this hooked man in the 2021 version said you know what fuck that we're gonna turn this erotic tale urban legend tale and give it a tragic racially profile tap into the black fear Hmm. okay in fact I was pissed that people left at the end of the credits because there's social commentary in that and it talks about um, the racial profiling that has happened throughout the years, including the very first teen and only teenager that was given the electric chair for being blamed for killing a younger child. He did not. This kid was framed for murder. And I believe he was 13 years old and he was put in the electrical chair deep down the South. And in the end credits, they talk about that. The 2021 version goes into racial profiling of, you know, the fear. The boogeyman is not Candyman himself. Candyman is the protector of Cabrini Green, which is the Chicago projects that Candyman comes from. But it, it... takes the twist of, and I'm sorry, spoiler alert, but the 2021 version makes the boogeyman into the police. The police are the boogeyman. Yeah. And it's Candyman who's the savior of Cabrini Greens. The 1992 version, you have an interracial love story where um, Candyman is trying to reach out to his long lost love who just so happens to be the the white character the white Virginia Madsen yes Virginia Madsen mm-hmm. great actress by the way um, yes she is she is his love reincarnated and so he has been stalking her heart and trying to get her to come to the other side and there's this whole eroticism with it which is beautiful but again it's very low toned until you get to Candyman 2 not so good of a film but you get more of the fact of why Candyman got his hand chopped off he was an artist Mm -hmm. who was in love with a white woman in the 19 I think it was the 1700s in Mm -hmm. um, New Orleans and they go into that well wasn't that didn't they talk about that that's why he was killed in the first place they briefly did only in uh, flashbacks through paintings in the second film they actually give it more meaning yeah they gave it more meaning but it just fell flat as far as like movie wise well I always thought that that was really interesting that here you've got this character that to me that was part of the appeal of this movie was that you know you're taking this actual history of cases where you would have white women um, having sex with black men and black men being punished for it Mm -hmm. 
And then because uh, I mean, really played with the notions of like white fear and white racism. I, I love the movies just for the thematic events of it. You know, you had the you had the white fear of this black man like loving this white woman kind of thing. Absolutely. And then you have the black man being punished for that. And then you have him coming back as this supernatural form of revenge for him to come back and take his retribution because ultimately we know that his murder was was wrong. Absolutely. It was right. it was a lynching. And so there's this sense of retribution with Candyman that you don't have with other horror figures. I mean Well, Candyman, I will I will stop you right there because there is another film. I'm sure you do. I'm sure I'm sure I'm just I'm yeah. in in general the heart the bad guys are the bad guys. But in this one, there's this sense of like you from the get go, you as the viewer, you are so rooting for the bet for the quote unquote bad guy of Absolutely. Candy. You're kind of like, yeah, I don't care who he kills. They fucking deserve it. <laughs> that part, that part, which brings you me know? to one of the next films, Tales from the Hood. <clears throat> Tales from the Hood is an anthology story. If I'm not mistaken, it, it's, you know, yeah, it takes it takes a farce in the name, you know, from Tales from the Crypt. You can even go back and say, oh, this is Creep Show. Mm. Tales from the Hood is a great horror film, and I'll tell y'all why. And King, I love Creep Show. I'm gonna just oh Creep Show, I fucking love. I love Creep Show and Tales from the Crypt. All oh, of those. love those. And it even <laughs> takes elements of Twilight Zone. So Tales from the Hood opens up with a bunch of drug dealers who go to a mortuary because they are promised the shit. You don't know what the shit is. Okay, but you we keep hearing the thematics of, oh, the shit, I got the shit. So you're thinking like it's a drug deal. It's a drug deal. Now, the mortician takes these drug dealers through a series of bodies and he gives them the horror stories behind it. The first story starts off with a cop who goes crazy after ignoring his corrupt partner's actions during a traffic stop involving racial profiling. Then he goes to a next story where you see off camera, this man is fucked up. And this is David Allen, uh, Allen Greer's character. And it deals with a schoolboy who has these weird mythical powers and his abusive stepfather, which is David Allen Greer, and uses his powers against his abusive stepfather. Mm. The third tale talks about a racist Southern politician. Uh, I believe he was a senator running for governor and he gets a big ass reality check, including getting haunted by the slaves of the said plantation that he had bought. And then the fourth is the big, um, big reveal where the guys who are the drug dealers are confronted with the guy that they just killed who was another gang member who was haunted by his own actions and later killed for it. And I don't want to say the big, big, big re reveal, but the shit is not drugs. Hmm. 
And again, that tapped into a lot of black trauma that was not really discussed. And I believe this came out shortly after um, Boys in the Hood. So you had Tales from the Hood, Boys in the Hood, and people always get that twisted. People think that Tales from the Hood is the same thing as being a menace while drinking your juice in the hood. It's not. It's not. It's a good horror film. And again, y'all can watch it on Shudder if you have a Shudder account. Definitely tap in if you can. No, it's it's good. It's good horror. Um, JD's Revenge is a classic as well. Yeah. JD's Revenge is probably one of the precedent black exploitation horror films that everybody has to put on their list. College student becomes possessed and the host of a gangster from the 40s seeking revenge on those who killed him, including his own boo. Mm. And it's one of those where you're just like... It's one of those revengeful movies that has a lot of themes in it. Kick-ass soundtrack. And then, of course, I can't say... As much as I don't like this film and people are going to hate me, Blackula. Yes. <laughs> Blackula. That's a controversial ass film. It's no very controversial <laughs> because. Controversial ass film. You know, Blackula, the, back, the whole backstory with that is that he was turned into a vampire by Dracula himself after he was asking Dracula to take black people out of slavery. Okay, right. I have a question. What's up? What, um, oh, I'm blinking on the fucking name. I'm gonna have to IMDB this shit. The Eddie Murphy movie where he. Oh, God, Vampire, Vampire in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Oh, yes, sis. <laughs> Tell me, tell me. I want your opinion on this movie. I, tell I, me your opinion. I have seen it way too many times, and it is not good. It is not I good. It's a love-hate relationship with that movie. It's like he takes elements, you know, this is the second film out of Coming to America and the Height, where he starts, you know, experimenting with other characters. Mm-hmm. But it's just not good because he tries to take elements of Blackula. It's the same type of pre- it's the same type of premise. Instead of being African, he takes it to the Jamaican roots. And I'm just like, as somebody who is Bayesian from Barbados, I was like, this is this is not a good representation at all of Islanders at all. And you don't even put an ounce of voodoo in it. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, nah. Yeah, okay. Again, you got to remember the time period. That of course, of course, of course. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears. I'm gonna totally shift gears on you here. Horny for horror. I'm gonna go back to this. Have you guys seen Angel Heart? Yes. I haven't. No, or I might have and I might Lisa not. Bonet. I don't remember a lot of time. It's with Lisa Bonet and I believe Robert De Niro and he's the devil. And Mickey Rourke. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. It's Sounds good. Tell me what you think you of know, that movie. It's funny because when I was doing my research, I completely forgot the name of the title and all I can remember are the sex scenes out of that movie. I cannot tell you the rest. I can't tell you, y'all the rest. I, I mean, just remember the sex. <laughs> right? right? That's all because I remember is the sex. 
because, all right, here's the deal. I'm, I'm right there with you. When you talked about wanting suspension with having blood dripped on you, that is the straight place my mind went. King, I need right, you to put this on your list for this month. Like, was do me a favor right and watch fucking, it. Um, right to fucking Angel Heart and Lisa Bonet and that scene. There is... I watched that movie. Bless your heart, baby. I watched that that movie when I was probably way too young to be watching that movie. (laughs) I think all of us. Because that came out, I want to say, in the late 80s. I mean, it was like Lisa Bonet's I'm Not the Cosby Girl no, anymore No, and this movie. is like and right oh. after she left um, Different World, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and she, she basically really... said, I'm not doing this whole yeah. shit anymore. She's not doing yeah. it. She's not and doing it. And she fucking didn't. It really wasn't. No. It was some shit. And I, I remember being... I remember being really affected by that movie. It's there crazy. was something there is something there was something that that like sense of kind of primal just I'm gonna go for it and I don't even fucking care. And that that blend of pleasure pain combination. I mean, there, she even talks about it in the movie. She talks about it. She said, said something about like he was the best sex I ever had or she said like her mom said it was her mom was talking about like her dad and said it was the best sex she ever had but was in but hurt her or something and I was just like it was something that she wasn't supposed to have like I mean the whole backstory is you know set in the deep south I forgot the time period but you know it taps into the whole forbidden (laughs) interracial love you know yeah it taps into all those taboos it taps into you talk about oh sorry no 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 continue continue I was just saying it just happened and from what I like I said I do remember a lot of the sex and then when I had to come back and re you know prepare for this I remember vividly it being also heavily on the fact that it was interracial at the time where you know you're not supposed to be tapping into it mm-hmm. and it also it made me remember the scene from Carrie <laughs> the mama is talking about having sex with Carrie's father and she's like and I liked it I liked it yes (laughs) oh my god it's just like it's having something that you're not supposed to have but that's what I love about horror uh, movies when it taps into sex it's always about the things that we're not supposed to have there's always those underlining factors it's it's either tapping into things we're not supposed to have or it's punishing us for things that we like that we take pleasure in yes one of my other favorites and I and I find that really interesting this sense of punishment for pleasure 1000% I think that that kind of I think that playing around with that in a cinematic sense is almost like a voyeuristic way of tapping into BDSM oh absolutely you can definitely say that because because it, it it plays on the seesaw effect of temptation and seduction and mm-hmm. the corruption that you might have to go through in order to fall into that temptation or that seduction. And that's usually what 
most horror is going to predicate itself on because one of the scariest things that you have to do it for some people is do the thing that's so absolutely wrong to the moral core of yourself mm-hmm. again it taps into those fight or flight modes should I go mm-hmm. should I stay basic instinct mm-hmm. it, it's always that well, I have to say, my goodness, people are going to get an earful. I have never gone this long for a podcast recording, <laughs> but I'm keeping this uncensored, uncut. So I know that those who had to tap in, tap out. I want to say, first of all, thank you guys so much for, you know, hanging on for this long. I know people dip out of out of here, but I have to say this has been probably the most lit chat. And I've only hosted two spaces at this point. But I will say this goes to the theme of what you're talking about, because we started out with a lot of people. But slowly but surely, time picked everybody off until we're here with the final amount. The final amount? last till the very end. The final bodies. (laughs) Y'all became my victims. So now it's just like, we got to embellish. We got to embellish in the the bloodbath. And I hope you enjoyed the end of part two of three, Horny for Horror. You can find part three right now at MsRadioSapphire.com and all streaming platforms. Make sure you're following at MsRadioSapphire and at Sapphire's Airplay on Instagram. 